Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eccles. This is episode 66. I'm your host, Carter E. Joining me as always from the uh, other side of a computer screen this week is my producer, Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of www.instaimage.com. Jeff, I hear you guys don't have nearly as much snow down in, uh, down in, I guess, are you Minden, Gardner, Minden? Minden. Right? Yeah. Carson City. We got, we got quite a bit. Yeah, (laughs) quite a bit. They closed school on Monday and I kept looking out my window going, okay, when's it going to snow? At 125, it started snowing here and we got about an inch yesterday. Uh, Maybe a little more in some spots, but my streets are clear. Uh, easily drivable, and then you texted last night, and I'm like, "Oh, what's the big deal? It's just a little bit of snow." And oh, it's a little different in Carson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say bordered on whiteout territory at moments yesterday. Um, honestly, I haven't seen like winter weather that bad since the last time I was snowboarding, like up on up on the mountain, and you know, clouds are all in. All of a sudden, you're like, I can't see anything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was very much the case yesterday. Um, it has uh, made the b- beginning prospects of baseball and softball season very interesting out here because uh, I think we're supposed to get more, to be honest. Well, so We're supposed to have league games on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So the fields they're supposed to play on are snowed over. Yeah, yeah, it'll make an interesting start. Imagine we'll just start. I mean, if it's still an issue, we'll just start postponing games and or moving locations um i guess that is one of the perks about having you know with these league series you have a home and away right so let's say for example carson and bishop minogue as we were kind of alluding to previously maybe maybe that first game's at carson second game's at minogue they can just flip them i don't know how easy that is to do scheduling wise but i know it's something they've done previously um so if one team's got a, got an open field just flip them go to the the other one i I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I know I've joked about it with you that uh, Nevada's new baseball coach said he wants to start scheduling home games in the near future you in know, February. They, pl- uh, they played two games over the weekend at UNR. At home? Yeah. Uh, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine is is doing security up there. He said they okay, had, they had okay. two games. Cleared off the field and played. Like, that's nuts. It's Props to them. I, I thought he was a little... Crazy. When he he, first st- said he it. is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> of course, before we go any further, today's podcast is sponsored by Played Against Sports. Played Against Sports is located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Check them out today or online at www.playedagainstsports.com. The best place to go for all your new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Okay, so <laughs> baseball, softball, a little out of the question, at least looking into my backyard right now. Um, we're going to run track and snow boots. Yeah. I I'd say baseball probably needs to adopt the yellow softball ball. If we're going to play in this weather, it'd be, it'd be easier to easier to see. Um, we do have some, some all region team results. Of course, we'll talk about Douglas basketball's, uh, state tournament appearance against Durango here in just a little bit. Um, but I feel like the, you know, not to start a podcast talking about weather, but it's it's pretty prevalent, I would say. It's uh, it's definitely going to make things a little chaotic here uh, to start the year, and uh, I just hope everybody's safe and and warm inside their homes because uh, it's not particularly pleasant outside. I was out shoveling last night trying to just make a dent, <laughs> just getting whipped in the face with wind and snow and slush and all that jazz. So 
anyways, without further ado, we'll get into uh, some the last of our high school basketball news here. Um, Durango knocked off Douglas in the opening round of the state tournament. Um, that was 72-38. I guess I should really say the Class 5A semifinals. Um, opening round makes it sound, you know, less... Um, less important than it, than it actually was. It's a state semifinal, so you know everybody was within one uh, one win of a of a state final. Of course, this year, just like previous years, um, both teams from the south came away with wins. Durango beat Douglas seventy to thirty eight. Um, Liberty beat Bishop Minogue seventy two fifty one. And of course, um, Durango went on to beat Liberty for the state title uh, to win by ten. I joked with, uh, honestly, with the Douglas coaches that it kind of felt like it was Durango's year after you knock off Minogue and Liberty in back-to-back games. It feels a little bit like it's, uh, that's when you know it's, it's your time when you can, when you can beat the two, two easily biggest and most powerful basketball schools in, in Nevada, really. Um, you can probably include Centennial in that mix too, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good game. Douglas trailed 22-15 at halftime. Uh, slow start for both teams. Being down by seven at the break is honestly about what any Douglas fan could have asked for. Um, you know, obviously 22-15 may not have been the, the scoreline they were hoping for, but uh, Caden Thacker hits a half-court buzzer beater to make it a seven-point game at the break, and, um, you know, Douglas was right there with them, and then, of course, Durango just slowly pulled away over the next two quarters, just kind of kind of how how it was going to go, um, given that Douglas kind of just couldn't get the ball to, to fall in the hoop. Just one of those one of those days. I mean, new new arena and all that jazz and um, just sometimes how it goes on a on a big stage against a good team, too. I mean, that's that's the thing there for sure is um, a really good Durango team, obviously now a state title winning Durango team. So um Jeff, I'm curious, do you think uh, – I was going to just briefly touch on realignment, but now that we're here, do you think that basketball follows a similar route as football when it comes to realignment, or do you think we maybe see basketball just drop to 4A entirely as opposed to this whole split at 5A? I was just going to ask you that with Gorman not being in the mix for the championship, if it's going to have the same toxicity that we saw for the football one, but – I I don't know. I I kind of feel that this new structure that they came up with, I don't, I don't know where they're... I know Donnie kind of mimicked another area and then applied it to what he knows for us as far as the north and the south go. Um, but it seems fairly popular, I guess, in my opinion. Um, it, it, to me, it's realistically doing exactly the same thing, but um, kind of getting back to the school population idea and then sorting you out by, I don't want to say better, but uh, more successful programs. Competitiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's, it's curious. I've heard, I've heard a good argument for dropping everybody to 4A in the North because then you don't get this split that you're going to see with football. Right. Um, First and foremost, I got to say that, the official special board of control meeting to finalize football is Thursday. Um, that still is technically not finalized. It's uh, <laughs> honestly like a bad divorce <laughs> in some cases. It's like every time you look, they're back in back in court. Um, but 
um, yeah, that that official special board of control meeting to finalize football is Thursday. And then next week we will have uh, another board of control meeting, realignment meeting rather, um, not board of control for the winter sports season. And I know people have asked me, you know, whether or not certain teams, especially, you know, that Carson girls team, would they drop to three a, and I think I've said this before. I'm not sure three is open for, for any of these five, a schools to drop into. They seem pretty Um, closed. Yeah, so 4A works in my opinion. Um, I do enjoy that everybody in the North plays everybody as far as 5A goes right now. Um, I don't think there's a big enough of a gap to make it where Carson doesn't play, you know, Minogue. And I guess in this case it would be Douglas. It would split Carson Douglas because right now Douglas is absolutely at the the top end of the spectrum, whereas Carson's on the, on the bottom, at least if you're just looking at two-year realignment cycles, it's – it's going to be interesting. I don't, to be honest, I have no, no insight as to what they're going to do, but it would, if they follow the 5A division two, 5A division three, like they did for football. I mean, I'm sure Carson Douglas still play crossover games against each other, but I guess technically it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be league games anymore, which right. honestly would just be strange. Um, and again, I don't, I don't see the need to, to, to split, the biggest classification in the North into two uh, separate entities quite like football. I think football, you see a little bit more necessity to do that. Um, I don't think Carson and Douglas need to be playing Minogue every year in football. You know what I mean? Lose by 35 so many times to the point where it's like, okay, we got it. Um, Waiting for that, that special. I think football had a unique thing with North Valley's Wooster and hug not being 5a before and then you bring them back up and then have the split that's kind of unique and we don't necessarily have that with other sports right right absolutely and so i think that's where i think that's where basketball will be different but we'll see like i said i don't have any any insight i don't i don't have any you know i'm not not trying to uh give away any hints or anything at at what is to come I, i genuinely do not know so we'll see We'll see how they do it next week. I'm sure I'll hear something between now and then, but here on February 28th, um, around 9:45 a.m. on Tuesday, I I do not know uh, what what is coming for the basketball realignment cycle. Hopefully, it's uh, less entertaining than football was, and I, I don't mean that in a good way. Not football was not so entertaining long. in a good way. Yeah, that's that's really it. It it cannot. I mean, they don't have time. They don't have time to take five sessions to figure it out or whatever it was with football. I mean, football started in November and here they are finalizing it in March. If we did that for winter, we're talking July and then you still got to sort out spring sports. So no one cares over the summer. It's just not, not the way um, you just can't do it that way. It's not, it's not feasible. It's gonna, I don't think it will take that long. I think football's a different beast for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people on the realignment committee, I think football carries different weight, whether it should or not different story, but, uh, I think it is, it is different for, um, for football than it would be for, for basketball. Um, so yeah, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, apologies for any sniffles on my end. <laughs> guess I guess I'm dealing with a, dealing with a cold here. Um, real quickly before we, uh, get out of here would like to touch on some of our all region teams that were released um of course 
we had 25 wrestlers between Carson and Douglas uh, make all region squads. I won't run through everybody because it was entirely based upon how uh, individuals finished at the regional tournament. So if you were top three, you were first team and then fourth, fifth or sixth, you were second team. So in other words, if you qualified for state, you made the all region team on the first team. On the first team side of things, uh, of course, for Carson, we have state champion Ella Olson as well as Amber Perkins at 152 and 114 pounds, respectively. Uh, Bliss Moody and Ella Cavanaugh for Douglas were both first team selections as well on the girls' side. And then, of course, Douglas's Jasmine Tamadong was a second team finisher uh, at 107 pounds. I should adjust that. It was just two and two for the girls. So, First team was two, and then second team was two, whereas the boys were three per. Uh, Michael White made his second first team appearance for Douglas at heavyweight. Sage 80 was a first team selection at 215 pounds. It's a second year in a row on the all-region team. Um, I believe he was a second teamer at 182 pounds last season. Aaron Tekanzik was also a first team selection for Douglas there. Uh, Jeffrey Heaton for Carson, first team selection at 165 pounds. Dalton Nixon picks up first team honors at 157 pounds. Then, uh, of course, Lucas Wold rounds out first team selections uh, as a first team all region pick at 126 pounds for Carson. Otherwise, everybody else was second team there. Um, you can read all about that online, uh, www.nevadapeel.com backslash news backslash sports, as well as recordcourier.com backslash news backslash sports. Over to the basketball side, Carson had a pair of all region selections in Lauren Finnerty and uh, DiCarlo Quintana. Excuse me, there were three all-region selections from, from Carson as well. Michael Hughes was an honorable uh, mention for the Carson boys as well. Lauren Finnerty, of course, was a beast all season for the Senators. Uh, I mean, primary target numero uno. Uh, averaged a little over 15 points a game this season, putting up a career-high 25 um, against Douglas in a loss there. She had 20-plus points in four of Carson's final six games. Uh, down the stretch of the regular season and postseason. Pretty impressive there. Uh, Carlo Quintana was a second-team all-region selection. Excuse me if I didn't say that already. Averaged 11.3 points per contest, 7.5 rebounds per game, and, of course, had a season-high 18 uh, as well against Douglas. It is his second time on the all-region team after being an honorable mention selection last season. Um, Quintana, three-sport athlete, Getting pretty pretty used to showing up on these all-region teams, I imagine. Um, pretty talented overall at pretty much anything he he puts his mind to there. Uh, joining Quintana for the boys, like I said, was Michael Hughes, who averaged 7.5 points per game as well as three rebounds and assist and a steal per uh, contest as well, marking his first appearance on the all-region team. First team selections for Douglas include J.C. Reed and Caden Thacker at guard for both of them. J.C. Reed, a senior, had a really nice night, or a really nice season for the Tigers, excuse me, um, and kind of just continued to prove what he's capable of doing. It is his second time showing up on the uh, all-region team there. Caden Thacker makes his first appearance on the first-team all-region side of things. He had, honestly, his growth this season, I, I know we talked about it last week with 
uh, Corey Thacker, who was on, on the podcast. If you missed last week's episode, go check it out. I know it was mostly geared toward the the state tournament uh, game that they were about to play, but I still think it's it's worth your time. Um, however, Caden Thacker's jump this season was impressive. He shot 44% from the floor, has a 5'10 guard, which is quite impressive. Um, and his, his Euro step continued to be a huge uh, asset to not only him, but to the Tigers as a whole um, and his ability to get to the, the racket, his size on the girls side, Aaliyah Weaver was a first team all region selection. Um, she scored 10 points in six of the Tigers final eight games. She also had a career high 32 in a win over Bishop Minogue this season. Um, that was a regular season win. also averaged 2.6 rebounds per game along with an assist and a steal per game. That marks her first time on the uh, basketball first team, all region team. Eddie Dore picks up her second, second team, all region selection. Um, she runs out her senior year, putting up an average of five and a half points per game, as well as three rebounds per contest on the boys side. Theo Reed garnered his uh, garnered second team honors for his play. This winner Reed was second in the state in blocks, averaging more than three per game. He finishes the year with 87. Uh, he also averaged nine and a half points per contest and eight and a half rebounds per outing as well. So basically posting a, a double double on any given night uh, joining door on the girl side was also Zora Simpson who led the Tigers in scoring the season just under 10 points per contest as well. And at the point guard was also dishing out a, roughly an assist and a steal per contest there um, rounding out both the all region teams for Tigers were Thomas McDowell and Sky Rasmussen who both were honorable mention uh, selections so that's going to kind of put a bow on everything for the the winter sports season um, now that we're officially done with with everything. Um, obviously, the realignment side of things is a gift that keeps on giving. And the words of uh, news editor and Nevada News Group uh, and friend of the pod, Duke Rittenhouse. And so we'll see how, how that goes on the winter side. Um, otherwise, I just guess just stay warm, folks, because uh, it's... Not pleasant outside. Jeff, you got anything before we I have before a get out of here? I have a question. Put you on the spot. Is anybody missing from that all league that you think should have gotten some kind of a nod? It's a good question. Um, I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess it's tough to put three kids from one team on a first team. I was a little surprised to see Theo Reed was a second teamer. I know some of it's based on year, right? So you know, if you're a senior, you're more likely to get a nod somewhere than you would otherwise. Um, you know, I'd have to go back and like really, really look at it. I don't have anything that like jumped off the page at me. It sounds like India Walker might be better than soccer's. Hands down, <laughs> at least the coaches aren't <laughs> as uh, as political about it. Um, you can take your pick there, but overall, yeah, it's it's clearly they're better at getting getting the right teams, and it's clear that the the whoever is picking, I know it's, I mean, I know it's coaches. I shouldn't phrase it like that, but clearly are okay with uh, nominating the most deserving player over a player on their team, which, you know, says a lot about just humanity in and of itself. Adia Walker for Reno was the girls player of the year for the second year in a row. Not a shock to anybody who's seen her play. Um, I believe she was a senior this year. And of course, Reno went 16 and 0 in league side of things there. The boys' side player of the year it was actually a co-player of the year, both from Spanish Springs. 
um, between Nate Penny and Connor Sheets. Connor Sheets, a sophomore, Nate Penny, a senior, of course, uh, son of coach Kyle Penny there out at Spanish Springs. Again, I mean, they were the first place team in the in the North for regular season. I don't have any any issues with that. Both very much deserving of of that honor. You know, you can always make a stink about some of the honorable mentions and who deserved it over who, but I'm not as concerned with honorable mentions as long as the the first two teams are right. Right? If we're if we're leaving people off the whole list because of you know political differences or personality disagreements, then okay, different story, but. Um, I think, I think both the basketball teams are are pretty solid. I know from our coverage area, I don't think uh, there was anybody else I would have would have added or subtracted from from the list. Uh, again, you can, you know, kind of pick and choose some of these honorable mention ones, but I know they tend to lead towards upperclassmen who have kind of led their respective teams. And of course, you're pretty much given a number based off of uh, how you finish. So you know, if Carson's at the bottom, you're only going to get one or two players on the all region team and if you're toward the top of the region you're you're gonna get more and i don't have any problems with that either so yeah unfortunately i know you're trying to put me on the spot get me to say something you know real real noteworthy see if anybody (laughs) any picks it up and you know makes a headline of our podcast but i don't i don't have any any hot takes for Uh, you here it sounded Um, like it was pretty pretty well done Otherwise, that's going to do it for episode 66 of Behind the Bench. Of course, thank you to today's title sponsor in Played Against Sports, the best place to go for all your new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Played Against Sports is located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Of course, check them out today or online at www.playitagainsports.com. For my producer, Jeff Mulvihill, I'm Carter Eichel. That's going to do it, and we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. (laughs) 